Welcome back, everybody. I'm having a fun pre-chat and technical, uh, you know, pre uh, pre-show setup meeting with the lovely uh, Patricia Contreras. Uh, Patricia and I know each other because we have a friend in common, somebody who also appeared on the show, Elizabeth Danielle Pujadas. Hi, Liz. Uh, so welcome to the program, Pat. Uh, lovely to speak to you finally. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> it's it's my pleasure. Um, and the timing worked out well for both of us. I know we had to reschedule a few times, so now everything is set within the universe. We can just have a conversation. Finally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with you, let's let's start with your background. You're an actress. Uh, you've done uh, quite interesting uh, work on stage and on screen. So we're going to dive into all of that. But let's start at the beginning. You know, the show is the love of acting. Where does your love of acting come from? Oh, I love that. So I, from since I was a little girl, I've always loved acting. I've loved entertainment. Um, I dive into cartoons or Power Rangers, Barney, all that. I, like my first love for acting started in Barney. Actually, I would <laughs> I would watch that show and I'd be like, Mom, where do I have to go? Who do I have to talk to to be one of those kids dancing around with this dinosaur? Please, like, where do I have to go? So that that's basically where it started. Um, just watching cartoons and mimicking the voices. And I'm an only child, so I I would watch the shows and I would want to replay them or I would want to redo the scenes with someone and I didn't have anyone to do it with, so I would do yeah. them with my Barbies. So I would come up with the most intricate scenes, continued stories of like. Every time I would play Barbies, every day I would come back and it would like wherever I left off the previous day, I would continue with my Barbie games like that. <laughs> so if the if the relationship had broken off, I'm like, okay, well, he's gonna go date this girl now, and then like I would bring out a new Barbie. <laughs> so I just created this whole world of entertainment, this world of imagination on my own as an only child, which um, was a little difficult growing up. But I have a lot of cousins, you know, so that that was. That, that was great <laughs> but um i actually never really felt brave enough to pursue theater to pursue acting i always knew i loved it i always knew i had like this touch of like a spark of like i can entertain people i make people laugh i'm really silly i i, I grew up being really different i have like big frizzy hair i was born with a pink birthmark on my face which is covered right now um because of makeup but i i i was always really different i was like the target of like bullying and being picked on, you know, it's sad, but it's okay. It shapes me into who I am today, so it's okay. <laughs> but, so I always grew up with that difference and I knew I'm like, I'm supposed to do something with this difference, but I didn't know where to like channel that difference into. Like, so I, so I never felt brave enough to pursue like the drama club in elementary school or to just do after school um, theater shows. I never felt brave enough at all until my senior year of high school, or I think it was my junior year of high school, I joined the new drama club and I found like, wow, like all this, all this difference, all, all this energy that I had, like, I don't know, like I, I felt like finally I have, I have a place to channel it into, like I have an escape. So it, it, it really awakened me and it gave me purpose because, you know, senior year was approaching, everyone was talking about what they wanted to do when they grew up, what did they want to, what school they wanted to go to, what did they want to major in? And I, I always felt really lost. But I, when I found that drama club, when I found that way of expressing myself, I'm like, okay, you know what? This is this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna study theater. Like, so I decided to just go to school for that for acting, 
and I graduated with a BFA from Florida International University, a BFA mm -hmm. in performance. And I've done a lot of local theater shows here in Miami. I'm in Miami currently, but I live in New Jersey. Um, so I've done a lot of theater work. I've I, local theater here in Florida, so, but now I wanted to make my way into film. Yeah. So that's why I moved to New Jersey. I have I'm working my way into like getting bigger agents now and just auditioning as much as I can, which actually during the pandemic, there's been pretty great opportunity coming up. Ooh. But my it's funny because this whole thing of like me feeling a little insecure or different because of my birthmark has actually been the biggest asset or like my biggest gateway into the career of my dreams because my first ever performance on on tv or in film was that i was the lead for a domestic violence music video that was filmed in new jersey i was visiting family in jersey at that time this was like two years ago during the summer and my aunt was like oh there's this audition doesn't pay much but they need a lead for a music video i'm like oh i'll try it out so i showed up I, I it was super last minute i didn't have any makeup on so like my birthmark was out and she was like okay let's do a scene where you you're gonna pretend that you've just been beaten up by your husband and now you have to get up so I, I got myself in there. I just started started on the floor and I slowly made my way up and I used my birthmark as like the target where like he hit me because it's a very purplish pink birthmark. So it's, it looks like a bruise. So I used that as like a way to like, oh, show like this is where it was hurting, whatever. So she thought that was like so crazy. She's like, what is that? Like, how, how did you come? Did you put makeup on for the scene? Did you know that this is what it was going to be about? I'm like, no, that's my birthmark. I just like, I wanted to use it. I don't know. And so I ended up getting that role. That was like my first way of getting in into film. And I was like, oh, it's crazy. The one thing I used to hate growing up or that I thought like, you know, was like terrible about me. This one feature that I hated is what got me into the, into the career of my dreams. So I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, it's, it's interesting how life works, right? It's, um, we never know. We never know uh, what that is was your biggest fear or your biggest failure yeah. could be your biggest asset um the thing you hate the most about yourself or or the, the fear that you have about showing your true self that's once you accept that once you step into that that's going to be what's going to get you to where you want to go so it's crazy how that realization came to me now as like an almost 20 28 year old i've been living my entire life trying to like pretend i'm someone i'm not and then once i finally accepted myself showed up to an audition with no makeup on i would have never in a million years thought i would do that and that's what got me that role i was like oh, it's not even that big role it didn't even pay much but that was just like the symbolism of, of that was just like okay i'm in the right place this is what i'm doing like th that was like a message from god that like okay you're on track yeah i it's that's how it is and, and I, it's so unfortunate that we again we kind of go through stages right we as children are open we're open we're just ourselves and then we get to a point where we feel judged and then we start viewing ourselves differently and we start shutting down and we start protecting and building walls and then going through life worrying about what other people are thinking about us or how we're being perceived and uh, not until we're old and we get to the point of i don't give a shit what anybody else thinks about me where we start returning to our true selves and the people who can make that you know middle part uh smaller are the people who are going to enjoy their life the most so right. be yourself uh i found the same thing right um you know i grew up a nerdy uh, kid writing poetry 
And until I embrace that, that that's who I am. And that's what people found most authentic thing about me. And that was like, yeah, that's me, right? That's that's who I always was. Um, we just we have to be ourselves. It, it's it's a cliche, and then for some uh, some people, it's a you know quest on figuring out what that actually means or what it means moment to moment. But if we're in tune with who we are, and if we present ourselves as that, and we live in that truth, then everything else becomes much simpler. And then we really get rewarded for being who we are. And that's the whole point. So that's so true. Yeah, that, that's what I tell a lot of actors, new actors that are trying to get into the career. Like, what do they have to do? Like, how do I brand myself? And finding your essence, being authentic, like authenticity will get you into the door that you want to into the room that you want to be in. Um, not, not until I realized that's what it was. That's that's mm -hmm. how I, I was able to just like step into who I really am and things just started flowing just differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, again, you're an intuitive, I am as well, and it's all it's all about the flow. We feel the energy and we know what what resonates and what doesn't. And you know that when you're you know you're blocking or or you're pushing versus you just let go. And then everything happens on its own and you're not worried about it. And I speak to so many actors who, you know, are pushing, 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 you know, what does the casting director want from me? How do I do this? How do I, yeah, how do I fit in? And they don't get the roles. And then they get to a point of, in their words, which I really like, uh, of not giving a fuck. And then you go and you just, you know, enjoy yourself and you, you know, do what uh, what feels natural for you and they get the part. And they're like, wait a second, what just happened? It's because you let go. It's right. because you stopped worrying about everybody else and you just did you. And that's what people want. Yeah, I feel, um, I think I heard, I think it was Leonardo DiCaprio that said that for so long in the beginning of his career, he was just trying to put up this persona or just showing up and thinking that he was going to show what they wanted. When in reality, he, was, he wasn't really being authentic to who he really was. And until he let that go and just, through that out, he was like, I just started stepping in. It's like, this is who I am. Either you like it or not. And and once you step into that, you're going to find the roles that are meant for your essence and your voice, which is perfect. I'm not trying to fit anyone else's voice. I'm just trying to show up with who I am. This is this is what I have to offer. No one else has to offer what I have to offer because there's only one of me in the world. There's only one of you in the world. And that's the true virtue in life. And I feel like that's why I always encourage everyone to take a theater class or a, a movement class, because that's what it's about. It's like stripping yourself of, of the prejudgments of like what society told you you were, of what your parents told you you were, of what you think you are. You just strip that all. You take off these masks, which is basically the mask work. Uh, in voice and movement where they, they put these neutral masks on and you just have to embody like whatever you feel, whatever you're moving with. And then you just start, you start with a clean slate. You let go of like what society thinks you you have to be. Yeah. And you go back to like how you said, when you're a child, you're, you're just able to be free of who you are with no judgment. You don't, you don't, you don't care because you don't know what bullying is. You don't know what judgment is. You're just being you. And we got to go back to that. So that's, that's when you know you made it as an actor individually, when you, you're able to just let go of that judgment and you're able to go back to that childlike state of just being free. Completely agree with you. And movement classes too. Uh, I think uh, class, 
uh, a class that I took uh, was combining, I think they were combining viewpoints and movement and Meisner and some other things. So it was kind of a combination of stuff. But I distinctly remember doing these things of, you know, walking around and then, uh, you know, you walk around the room and you change, you notice how somebody else walks and then you have to copy them and then you have to switch the spot. And then you have to, uh, it's like all of these exercises, but it gets you out of your head. And right. then finally gets you into a place where you're free and you're just enjoying being in that space. And whatever feels right at that moment, that's what you're doing. And then you start realizing that, yeah, stage is that place where I can just live without consequence, where I can step away from what the societal uh, you know, factors are, or what the expectations are, and I can truly just be free. So same thing, Again, everything has limitations, obviously, but that idea and that freedom, the allowing yourself the ability to just do what comes into your mind at that moment is what grounds us and makes it real, as opposed to pre-programming a, a response or a, uh, you know, a facial uh, uh, gesture or a line and waiting for that, and then you're saying your line it's mechanical. People don't buy it. It doesn't reflect well on screen. So, no, people want authenticity. People want to see. That's why we go to live theater because we want to see like, oh, they forgot their line. What are they going to do next? And it's just this true moment. Like it's vivid. That's what yeah. we want. <laughs> so going back to your birthmark for a second, um, you know, when you had that realization of, oh wow, that's why I, you know, I got it. Uh, it's it's obviously your ability as well, but it's being true and being authentic. So do you go to certain auditions now without it uh, being covered up? Do you still cover it up? What's, uh, how, do you, how do you view it uh, right now? So that's a huge debate that I always had, whether I should mm -hmm. do my professional headshots, like some of them with the makeup on, some of them without. So right now, all of my professional headshots are with makeup on covered. But mm -hmm. whenever I do see auditions that come up for like, um, makeup brands or there's been a lot of acne commercials on actors access or stuff like that then i create my self-tape auditions or my slate i use it with no makeup or i say i have a pink birthmark i will submit photos of that so i try to make it selective to to what i'm auditioning for but for the most part like my website my social media just resembles it with my professional headshots with makeup on but i try to make it fun and have like some instagram posts about like self-acceptance and just not all natural, no makeup. So, cause that is part of my essence. That's part of my brand, just accepting yourself as you are, like welcoming, having inclusion with everyone so that I can also speak to other young girls who feel insecure about their acne scars or about their birthmark. And I actually did a video with the Underdog Collective. They do um, about, they speak about bullying and they have an anti-bullying organization and they make YouTube videos everyone giving their different testimonies about like how they they surpassed their difficulties in their life. So mm -hmm. I made a video about my birthmark and that came into contact with the vascular um, association for birthmarks. So mm -hmm. one of the brand ambassadors contacted me and then we've been able to do Zoom meetings with other 
um, influencers or other people who also have birthmarks. So I've been able to join that community because of that video I made. So it opened that door as well, where I've been able to meet so many other young girls or just men and everyone in general that also have birthmarks on their arms or Ooh. face, you know, different parts of their body, which is so beautiful that we're all able to just create that community and we uh, create birthmark awareness. And there's been so much that I've been able to do during the pandemic, meeting these people. And it's like, I, I, I realized I want to be more a part of that. And how can I mix my platform, my my ability to act? How can I create more theater work or acting work in relation to also, you know, brand ambassador for birthmarks and vascular? So that's something I've been playing with now that I've been exposed to that community. I didn't even know there was such a huge community of birthmarks on the internet. So it's it's opened the door. Me being able to be true to myself and me showing my birthmark has connected me with people that are meant to you know to be on my team that are going to help me excel that are that i'm going to be able to help them as well in return so it's it's been a great process of just realizing that yeah so i'm going to ask you something that um is not really for me but for somebody watching that question will come up so it's it's my responsibility as a host to ask it so if you had a chance you know in those uh, vascular surgeon will come to you and give you an option of uh, you know getting rid of the birthmark, would you do it? No, okay. I would do it. I, if you would have asked me that in high school when I was like 17, yes, yeah. I wanted to get rid of it so bad. I even got some laser, laser treatments on it where it, it would make it lighter, but I was never able to get rid of it because you need like two years of sessions in order for it to be gone completely. Wow. But I, I was treating it, and in the process of me treating it, I realized like the the amount of pain that I would go to every month, having to go to the dermatologist and get those laser treatments on there, and then it would make my face super swollen, where I wouldn't have I wouldn't be able to leave my house for two weeks. It was just such a long process, just because I wanted to get rid of something that God gave me intentionally. You know, mm -hmm. like we're, we we are created a certain way and we're all different for a specific purpose in life because we all have purpose we all have a way to serve community serve mm -hmm. the people in our lives so i was given that birthmark to serve certain people that i was supposed to encounter with throughout my life so i was like thinking why am i trying to get rid of something that i was born with maybe i should focus more on getting rid of my acne scars or maybe i should focus more on eating healthy get getting better habits or better routines in my life why am i trying to get rid of something that god intentionally gave me so i had that huge epiphany there where i was like i'm just gonna stop enduring this process it was very terrible very painful so yeah i decided to keep it and now i realize that i'm really happy that i did because it's opened many doors in my life it's helped me grow as a person it's it's helped me grow uh, my self-love has grown so mm -hmm. it's it's been a journey that i love <laughs> thank you for answering that question i I'm, i was fairly certain that that's how you would answer but uh, i know that there's somebody watching this that says okay she says that but if given the chance would she do it or not so i asked it now we can move up exactly. um, yeah. uh it's it's an interesting uh, thing because again, I, I grew up and um, I was always told that I have a big nose, even though I don't think my nose is that big, but I was told that I have a big nose. So I remember, you know, researching Barbara Streisand, you know, who also has, uh, you know, a Jewish nose like I do. And um, uh, we got know? Jewish noses up in here. <laughs> and I remember distinctly that she never uh, opted to have surgery. She didn't want to have that because 
again, it's part of who she is. And also she was worried that it would somehow uh, change the way that she sings, which she wouldn't want to do anything about. So like, I, I remember going through this as uh, not really as a child, but more as, as a teen and early into adulthood where I was worried about it. Then I just stopped thinking at all uh, about it. I don't care. This is who I am, you know, and uh, when I smile, it's gummy, uh, but that's who I am. I'm not going to change the way that I smile just because, you know, there's some gum showing there. Same thing with the nose. But yeah. I I'm glad that you've come to terms is, is more of a negative kind of settle on it, but I'm glad that you've embraced. That's a better term. You've yeah. embraced, uh, you know, the way that you are. Uh, and uh, I think it only will make your life fuller. Right. And there's so much beauty in that. Like, I feel like once you're uh, come to, to agreement with your essence and with who you are and the way you look, you look even more beautiful. People are going to start being like, oh, there's something about you. There's like some mm -hmm. a spark or something. It's like, oh, it's because I love myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what does that mean to you, loving yourself? Um, I'll, I'll come back to, uh, to my, uh, to my you know, point in a minute, but what does it mean to you? I think it's, it means exactly that, accepting your essence, like loving who you are as a person, the, the things that you do for others and, and seeing how that helps others. And I was like, oh, wow, the, embracing your gifts, your abilities to help others, finding your purpose, which purpose is always tied into community. How, how am I going to serve someone else? Purpose is not about like the career that I choose for my glory and my purpose to have my platform and this in my life, my accomplishments. I think what what I find beautiful in others is when they have their purpose and it's driven to em, em, embrace someone else or help someone else, push someone else forward. And that's what I find the most beautiful in others. So when I do that, I feel the most beautiful as well because it's it's not about how I perceive myself physically. It's about what someone brings out from their essence on the inside. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's it's so uh, joyful to me to hear you say essence because my whole path of self awakening and uh, the the major changes in my life happened when I kept hearing a voice in my head saying live your essence and that became that became my my driving uh, point and that became kind of uh, you know books that I've written that became uh, the radio show that I've had. For, for a number of years, it was all about uh, finding out what that essence is and then living it. And the full kind of uh, spectrum became recalibrate your life to live your essence. Oh, wow. So that whole process of recalibration and what do we have to do about it? And part for me was, was recognizing what it is that I'm about and embracing that part. And uh, I, I came to a point where you know, I was very successful in IT uh, and I had, you know, a business that was doing wonderfully. But anytime I had to introduce myself and shake somebody's hand and say, you know, I'm Alan Vaisberg and I, I'm in IT, everything within me would just scream out, no, that's not who you are. You're not living your essence. So I literally started introducing myself as who I envisioned myself to be and who I chose to be. I said, I'm an author. And they would ask, wow, what have you written? I said, nothing, but I'm an author. Uh, or I would introduce myself as an actor and they would say, that's awesome, what have you been in? I said, nothing, but I'm an actor. And then it felt so incredibly freeing because I let go of the, the perceived notions that I was putting on myself and I just allowed myself to be me. 
and that started discussions of you know are you an author are you a writer without writing uh, something are you an actor without being in something and my answer is yes you are that's who you are you don't have to be uh, on a billboard in order to be an actor you don't have to write a book in order to be an author um it's it's who you are now it usually translates into you doing that like with me i wrote books i've been in films you know i've done uh, things as both of those but until you choose to live your essence uh, everything else is not going to be in alignment and like in my case i did not find fulfillment mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's a continuous thing and now the show is bringing me uh, a whole uh, a whole boatload of fulfillment and allowed me again to be who i am and to find that balance in life is it is it fully there absolutely not but when i look at my life and when i wake up and when i'm not feeling well uh the the whole driving is hey i love my life i love what i do i want to feel better so i can continue doing it and that mm -hmm. becomes another positive uh, force in there so you using essence using self-love i wrote a book on self-love uh mm -hmm. using all of these things is just heartwarming to me and that's that that speaks even more truth about how our paths were supposed to connect because we're both sort of on that same line of self-love, self-acceptance, embracing that in others. So I, I find that so beautiful. And I think it's so important to go back to what you said about just because when you say you're an author, or you're an actor and it's like, oh, I haven't been in anything, but I'm still an actor. I'm still a writer. That's so important for people to really listen, like say it for the people in the back, because so many actors feel less than because they still haven't had a big break or like that's why I found it important right now to mention when I got that gig of the birthmark when I said it wasn't that much money but it it was literally the breakthrough in my career it was a breakthrough in finding my essence it was a breakthrough in me realizing oh wow I can do so much with what God naturally gave me which was my birthmark so it could be your biggest asset in your career in your life whether you're an actor whatever you are always say it, proclaim it with confidence, even though you have never, you don't have any credits, even though you have never written a film, you're a screenwriter, even though you've never acted in anything, you're an actor, because if that's what you are, that is your essence. Yeah. That is, it's, I, I wanted to really go back to that because it, it's so important for actors and everyone to be reminded that you have so much merit by just being, mm -hmm. by just dreaming um there you already have merit even though you don't have that big credit or anything there's so much that you could literally write about right now that you're grateful for what you've been able to accomplish what you've been able to fulfill in your life there's so much and so many of us try to limit our lives or our career like oh i'm never going to make it i keep auditioning i keep sending self-tapes no one calls me i don't have a big credit yet i don't have this you're still an actor though <laughs> you're still doing it which that's already like half the battle because there's so many actors that are actually not doing it you know there are so many people that want to be actors and they limit themselves and don't do it so you're already half half the battles already won by you actually going out there and, and even though you're not booking you're still you're still going i feel like I'm, I'm also saying this for myself because i need this inspiration right now i'm speaking that over my life we are actors we have merit there is so much for us out there you just got to stick through on, on on that path that you know is for you you just got to stick through because there's purpose there is and you know the conversations that we we have with ourselves uh, because we're always arguing with you know within our mind it's well but am i actor if i'm not working 
you know, am I an actor if I'm working but not getting paid? Am I still an actor? Yes, you are. You are because there is money, there is a job, and there is work. You are a working actor because you're working on your craft, you're uh, performing the work of an actor, and you're auditioning, which is work. You are an actor. The fact that you have not received remuneration for it, or you haven't uh, gotten the top billing that you want, or uh, you haven't even gotten a co-star role, but you just made your indie and you made your 50 bucks, you're an actor. So this part comes later if you continue this part. So true. Not so, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. I, no, I, I love everything you've just said. It's, it's speaking life over me, so I'm sure it's going to hit a lot of people right now that, that really need to hear this, especially in such a tough time. I mean, the marketing, the market is open. There's films being produced again. Things are happening. There's auditions coming in left and right. So, you know, there's hope. There's hope for us. Um, the, the theater world, it's still closed. Some of them, like Broadway, I believe, is still closed. But films are being made. Things are happening. You know, there's hope. We're coming, we're coming out of this. <laughs> we are. And, you know, knock on wood and keeping our fingers crossed. But, yes, we are. Um, just keep working at it. And this is work. This is work, and this is a we're lucky enough where something that we're truly passionate about is something that we get a chance to do. Right. Um, the it's it's all about longevity, and it's all continuing. Uh, I was talking to June uh, Squip, and you know she's uh, God bless her. She's 91 years old, and she's been doing this forever. But you know the secret is to continue doing it, and uh, that's that's what she was saying. Just continue doing it. There are so many incredibly talented people that uh, give up and give up and uh, you know they choose a different path again there's nothing wrong with that but if you want to succeed it's not that you know you need to hit something right away it's about continuing to get better being professional and being there doing it doing it and it's going to happen uh, at what level we'll see but uh, you know that's the longevity happens when you are in it long right and there's so much room right now for innovation in because of the mm -hmm. pandemic since theaters are closed i've been noticing a lot of theater houses doing zoom performances mm -hmm. um for example i work with the fiu um office of advancement for women diversity and equity so mm -hmm. it's this office where they come up with it, it's it's a lot of psychologists researchers that work in this office to promote diversity and in, in universities because it's with FIU. So I got that job before I graduated my theater program and I've been able to stick it through since I graduated in 2018. Nice. I've been working with them since 2016, I believe. So it's with this artistic director called Jeffrey Steiger. He is uh, specialized in creating scripts to speak about diversity, women, um, sexism, racism, and, and specifically in the workplace of university. So that's something we would go to different universities and perform them for the deans or the chairs of different departments like engineering, um, specifically engineering math departments that suffer a lot with that because a lot of women feel that they're not appreciated enough or especially because it was such a male driven field that now a lot of women are into it or diverse you know whether you're latino or black like a lot of them are pursuing these careers obviously and there's been a lot of 
problems in these specific departments where what they're doing is that they're doing workshops for them but instead of talking about it straight up with within the department they hire professional actors which i'm part of that and we mm -hmm. perform skits regarding the sexism or racism going on in their departments and then they're able to have these difficult conversations through this applied theater work which it started off as something small with with fiu but that program has grown so much that now different universities call us to go perform it at their schools. Like we've gone to Oregon State University, FSU, West Virginia University. Um, and we also did it for the engineering department of, it was like an engineering program in Tampa where a lot of different engineers throughout the nation came and watched that performance. So it's, it's been really great to see that, to hear the feedback, to listen about this kind of this world that I didn't even know anything about. I didn't, you know, I'm I'm a theater major. I didn't know anything about the engineering department or biology, but just to see that that the dynamic of it and how much struggle there is with within that sexism and racism in these different departments. Mm -hmm. So bringing that, but using theater to make a difference to create change has been so great. But because of this pandemic, obviously, we were limited to do to go to the universities we were contracted to go this year. So we've had to do a little bit of a cinematic change and make them over Zoom, which actually has worked in our favor because we've been able to play around with like the way that we do the scenes, like the chair and and the woman are in like a Zoom meeting together and and to see that that dynamic of like her having to suffer like like racism or some sexism comments through Zoom it makes it even more cinematic cuz like you're closer you're right there so it's like been more intense so it's been able to bring up pretty interesting discussions amongst the faculty and the deans about what what they're struggling with so i don't know it, it's it, there's so much room for that to just innovate and create theater online and make maybe add a little bit of a cinematic layer to it which has been so amazing to witness so yeah uh everybody everybody's doing something uh, stacy keach is another uh, example again i'm not just name dropping but here's a 91 years old uh, year old legend who's done everything but mm -hmm. what is he doing during this pandemic he's doing um you know zoom theater where he and uh, other incredibly you know talented actors are doing Shakespeare and they're doing other things you know people creative people create that's that's who we are and we're going to find ways of doing that so absolutely zoom is or you know pandemic is not a limitation i started the show during a pandemic i started the show on may 20th this is your episode 122 so wow. you know creative people create it's what we choose to do with our time and our energy and we can always find something uh, to do. I think I read somewhere that you know calculus was uh, was created during a pandemic. So now, uh, you know, not this pandemic. This you know it happened a lot a lot earlier on. But it's what do we do, right? What do you do with uh, with your time if uh, the other avenues that you're used to normally being in are close to you? Well, you find something else to uh, to explore and to get better at or to start. So absolutely. During that pandemic that brought us calculus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, even Shakespeare, which which was the play that he wrote during a pandemic? Was it Henry? I forgot which one, but he wrote a play in, in the pandemic. So I mean, this isn't something that's hindering us. This is like you said, there's more more room, more time now that we're stuck at home to create. You know, I also started faith over fear talks on my Instagram live every week. I stopped it because I was in the middle of moving from Miami to Jersey. 
but I, that was something that, that I wanted to create because I was like, how am I going to be able to connect with people that inspire me, people that speak life over me if I'm not able to see them anymore? So I created this talk show once a week on Instagram. It was just faith over fear where I would talk. I would ask them, like, what are you doing to stay motivated, to keep your faith, to keep your dreams alive during this pandemic while you're quarantined? What, what are your routines that you're instilling? So it's basically for me to adopt in my life, but also for anyone who was viewing to just bring that little 15, 20 minute inspiration weekly for them to just keep pushing, keep following their dreams not lose the faith. I'm all about faith over fear. I created this coaching program recently during the pandemic as well, which is called Faith It Till You Make It, where I help beginner actors to just keep the faith in their career. If you feel like you have a calling to pursue the arts and you don't know where to start, it doesn't matter. You're on the right track, but as long as you pursue it and you keep following that desire, that purpose that you have in your heart, then it will all just it will all flow. It will flourish the way it's supposed to. But as long as you keep the faith, you focus, you stay the course. So I, I, I that's all like how you said you're, you're all about finding the essence and speaking about that. I feel like I'm, I feel like part of my purpose I've come to realize has been to just inspire people to keep their faith and to lose the fear. Feed your faith so that your fear will starve. That is what I love to tell everyone. <laughs> I, I I feel that. So as you're talking about it, I definitely see that. Please continue because people need it, especially in our industry where there's, you know, there's no linear progression of anything. There is no certainty whatsoever. Uh, most of the time, you know, people think that we get rejection most of the time. That's not even the worst part because most of the time we hear nothing. Exactly. You put your heart out, you do the audition, and then you hear nothing. Um, there is no resolution, there is no closure, there is nothing. So we as actors, for those of you who are watching who uh, are not in the industry, we as actors, the best advice that I was given uh, as I started out is as soon as you do the audition, you forget about it and you move on. Uh, because you know you shouldn't waste uh, time or effort thinking about it. There are a million you know, uh, more reasons why you are not getting the part that have nothing to do with you. So we that's, that's how the industry is. So keeping the faith is a huge, huge part of it. So I'm glad that you're doing it. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it, it was more for me, like I, like I said earlier, a lot of the things I do, I pursue them because I really need them. I really need to remind myself during quarantine that I needed to keep the faith, that there's more out there, you know, I gotta keep the faith. But I knew that if I was, I was going through this struggle. There has to be millions of others that are going through the same struggle and that need that same motivation. So, it, yeah. It, and uh, it's it's not just for acting. I mean, when when you're talking, it has nothing to do with. Okay, it's it's applicable to acting, but the faith over fear is applicable everywhere. And there's one one point that you made that I definitely want to highlight because it's important, regardless again of what profession you're utilizing it for, but knowing that you need something and that's why you're doing it, that's the reason to do it. I needed to have conversations with actors and casting directors and uh, I needed this information because it was fueling me. I started a show where I get to talk to people and ask these questions. And that keeps me motivated. That keeps me in love with what it is that I'm doing. That allows me to continue doing it and through doing it to bring this information into the masses where it is needed. 
So you feeling like you need to keep your own faith, that's why you want to have these conversations. That makes it genuine. That makes it uh, authentic. And that allows uh, other people to really tune into it for the right reasons. Right. Yeah, because if it's if it's resonating with me or one other person, it's going to resonate with a lot of different other people that are also going through the same struggle. So I feel like that's like it's going back to that same thing. Authenticity is everything and specifically in acting, but also in whatever career you are, because there's so much competition in the medical field, law acting it's the same thing and so many people are like oh you're an actor that's so difficult how do you deal with the rejection or the competition like whatever career you decide to pursue there's always going to be that same struggle it's just that in the actors it's it's out on on let it's it's more what was like it's like over the lens like everyone can actually see it so it's more public the struggle is more public but other careers have the same sort of struggle yeah, it's just in other careers there is there is a floor, uh, and uh, they know that hey, I finish uh, college, I have my degree, I'm going to be making this much money, and I can have a career and have progression. Either it's going to go like this, or it's going to go like this, but there is a progression, um, right. and it's there's more objectivity to it. In, yeah, there's certainty with that. In our industry, listen, our our industry is nuts. So. Uh, the the only people that should be in our industry are the people that are doing it because they don't see themselves doing anything else because that's the only thing that fuels them that drives them and they can't imagine doing something else those are the people who should be in the industry otherwise it's not worth it people really it's not worth it now if, if you feel like it's a calling and you don't see yourself doing anything else then then you're yeah. one of i get it but <laughs> You can't deal with that uncertainty. Like I, like my boyfriend, he's always like, I don't know how you're okay with just so much uncertainty in your life. It's like, I mean, it's not that I'm okay with it, but it's just there's nothing else that I would rather do. <laughs> I know how that is, and it's it's not for everybody. It's really for very few. And the reason why you have so many people kind of uh, drop out of acting because it doesn't you know, work for them or they have, you know, other obligations that they need to fulfill. I get it. There is there is life everywhere throughout this. But usually the people who end up sticking with it are the people who are in it just because they love it. That's it. Um, that's that's the simplest thing possible. So it kind of filters and weeds out uh, everything until you get to those who are truly in it for the right reason. I love it. Yes. <laughs> um, few more things that I wanted to touch upon because again, they're they're important to the people who are watching. Um, you can play uh, kind of ethnically ambiguous. Uh, you have Italian background. You're fluent in Spanish. You have Dominican uh, background. So there are a lot of uh, kind of places where um, you know casting can utilize you. Did you find it to be a help or a hindrance? Well, lately I've been a little on the mixed side where I, I could be a hindrance because they don't, they sometimes just don't even know where to place me. They're like, we, we don't know. Are you, are you mixed? Are you just light skin black or are you Latina? So uh, a lot of people tell me that I look like Tracy Ellis Ross, but I'm not black at all, but I'm like, Oh, I see that. But I'm the light skin, but 
I mean, it's somewhere in my ethnic background because I'm Dominican, obviously, but you know, it's just a lot of the things that I don't actually identify with in the real world are what they typically identify me on screen. So it's like, okay, like I was cast as a Haitian once and they're like, can you do a Haitian accent? I'm like, sure, let's do yeah. it. I mean, it's a neighboring country to Dominican Republic. We have things in common. <laughs> so it's very, it's difficult. But when it comes to theater with specifically the the ethnic, the diversity things that I do with FIU, mm. Office of Women and Diversity, that has worked in my favor a lot because not I'm not just ethnically ambiguous, but I feel like my age, my age range is also very wide. So it's helped me a lot with that, where they cast me as a Latina in an engineering department, but they can also cast me as like a younger, um, younger faculty member, or like I could also be tenure, like I, I could seem like a professor, you know. So it's like a lot of that has helped me with that, that wide range has helped me in that industry. That's why I've been able to do it for so long um, with, with FIU. But when it comes to film, yeah, it has been tricky. Sometimes they don't, they don't really know where to place me. So it's been a little bit of a hit or, hit or miss sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I, I always love uh, hearing that because it's, it's, I just don't see that for me, right? I'm a white guy. So my casting is either you're a dad, you're a business person, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor. You're a neighbor that you know looks like they're friendly, but that may kill you at the end. So right. you know this is where you know people view me. Um, right. Whereas for you, it's a completely different set of challenges, and you're a woman on top of that. So exactly, and also because there's this specific image in Hollywood of like, okay, the Latina is like the sexy, mm -hmm. promiscuous, voluptuous shape Latina, or mm -hmm. she's made, and it's like my look does not fit into any of those descriptions like you know i'm not voluptuous i'm not like your typical like sexy like i'm just very it's very different so and then also with like the ethnic like light skin black it's like i'm not your typical in that field either so it's 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 a huge mix so it's been a it's it hasn't really served me too well kind of but what i have noticed it does give me many options when I see breakdowns, I, there's so many different um, roles that I could audition for because of the amount of like diverse that I have. Like the, the, it gives me a lot of options, which is good, but it could also be too. It could also be tricky. You know where, and you may have explored this already, but you know uh, the universe just sent me uh, uh, you know information. It's my duty to reveal it. So yeah. I think it'll help you in the commercial space because when you're doing commercials that you have a lot more latitude there as opposed to, you know, being on screen and then being very specific about making sure that, you know, only a person of this heritage gets to play that particular role. I think in commercials, you actually will get, uh, you know, a wider range uh, of possibilities. Have you uh, explored commercials? Yes. And I've been told that a, mi a million times when I, I would, I was pursuing modeling for a while when I was mm -hmm. younger. I'm very tall for a woman. I'm 5'10", like 5'11"-ish. So I do runway as much as I can. I, I used to really love runway until I discovered I just wanted to dive in immersely into acting. But before mm -hmm. that, like I even did New York Fashion Week one year. Like I believe it was 2017 that I did New York Fashion Week. So I, I loved runway. But when I would walk into runway agencies or like these big modeling agencies for like print work or Mod, like actual runway 
like European runway, they'd be like, no, you're, you're too commercial for this, too commercial. And they would say it as a bad thing. I'm like, what does that even mean, too commercial? But then I discovered, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm just a character actor, like, you know, I'm just an actor. Not a model i'm an actor like that's you should have just told me that i was so confused my entire life you're too commercial it's like that's actually a good thing yeah so there you go please explore the commercial market it could be it could be a boon uh, for you um and then you know speaking of the realities right because you're a working actress um you know you you're not a regular on uh, on uh, shows yet so what do you do in terms of the financials you know how do you pay the bills well i was a server for a very long time and at a, in a resort so it was a great position where it was very flexible it was tip was already included because it, it had it was a resort so it wasn't just an individual restaurant so that also gave me flexibility when i was in school which was perfect so yeah, yeah I, i've been a server for almost six years already so that's what I do with in terms of finances. So yeah. and it's a, it's also a career that fluctuates, you know, and as a server in hospitality, like I, I worked as a receptionist for a hotel. I, I've just been in hospitality for a lot in my life. I love hotels. And also I feel like it's very charismatic, like an actor, you're always socializing, mingling, you're, you put up a persona and you just entertain the guests. So it's been really great. I love that. But hospitality is also very fluctuate and it's just like acting very uncertain so especially right now i think you know four maybe four out of ten uh, people in hospitality are out of work at the moment so um yeah unfortunate hopefully that that comes back and thank you for sharing because again it's it's the reality of our business right we all we all do things you know me as an actor um you know i do it i do it and hr consulting uh, and thank God that I can do that because it affords you know me the opportunity to do other things like the show, which is awesome. And uh, from 122 episodes over the six months, I've made $31. So yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's we do what we love. I I am envisioning this being a lot larger and uh, and going somewhere, but for the moment, the, it's not something that allows me to just drop my job. So that's the reality of our of our business, and that's okay. And that's so good. It's so good to explore different talents and gifts that you have. That you you have that virtue, which is so great. That you're good in IT. You're good when it comes to technical things. I'm not savvy in tech in tech at all. I mean, we took like 30 minutes trying to find a. I took 30 <laughs> minutes trying to find a button here on this webcam, but. <laughs> But that's so good. Like it's as an actor, you have to explore the other areas of your life that you're good at. That you could develop to to make some sort of income. Like during the pandemic, being quarantined, I would do the the lives, faith over fear, and through that, I realized I love inspiring others. I love motivating others. I I always try to speak to my other fellow actor friends who are also struggling or don't know too much about the business. So I would just like, oh, we should do this together. Or you should look into that. So I'm like, wait a minute, I should charge for this. I should create, so that's why I created Faith It Till You Make It, which helped me come up with that little bit of side income. And I just help actors, starting off actors that maybe want to audition for a BFA program. They don't know how to choose a monologue. So I help them choose a monologue based on their essence or their brand. So, and then I help actors just like elevate their mindset. You know, it's, it's all about the mindset that you have, the perspective that you have towards your career, towards yourself. So I start off with that. My program is just, it starts off with mindset. 
Then we move on to branding or finding your voice in the, in the industry. We move on to networking, how to network with your brand, how to use social media for that. And then the last part is materials. So I help them find like materials for whatever they're auditioning for or for their BFA program if they want to audition for that. You know, so materials that link with their history, with their background, or with their brand, their voice. So very cool. Uh, we'll put a link of it uh, below this video. So uh, check out for that and please uh, go uh, ask Patricia for help if you need it. Um, last thing, this is more curiosity, but it's also putting uh, out there again, stepping beyond the fear. But, you know, Patricia and I uh, both mentioned that we're intuitive. I, as an intuitive, picked up that as soon as I started swearing, I thought, nope, that's wrong. Patricia does not like uh, swearing. I need to stop that. And that was the last time that I swore. Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um... No, I, I'm not against it, but I don't really swear too much. But yeah, that's good. It's the, again, I just felt like when I, when I said it, it was a phrase uh, that, you know, one of my guests said it uh, as they were uh, auditioning. So it was, it was appropriate. But as I said it, the vibration changed. There was something there. I'm like, okay, then, you know, swearing is not something I need to do anymore. And I stopped. So that's, uh, that's where the intuitive part comes in. So right. there you go. It's good to pick up on that or to be hmm. aware of those things. That's good. But it's not something that I'm against. I mean, my friends swear all the time. It's just not something I like to do when I'm like in this presentational mode for some reason. It's not part of my essence, I guess. But <laughs> Got it. so people, as soon as we turn off the camera, the whole the whole thing is off. Yeah. <laughs> then then we get to hear all <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Pat. It's it's been a joy uh, talking to you. Um, I hope you know folks find this useful. I appreciate everybody, um, you know, checking in and watching another episode of the Love of Acting. I know you love it as much as we do, and this is why we keep doing it for you. Thank you, Pat. Yes, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> My pleasure, and thanks again to Liz for uh, for hooking this up. This is very much appreciated. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.